Hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Welcome to Hey, Jeff, a podcast about Survivor and going off topic, which (laughs) I was promised we will later in the show. I don't know what these topics are, but Danielle, can you give us just like a morsel? I mean, um, yes. (laughs) The one little tasty treat I'll give you is the topic of garbage. (laughs) (laughs) What's the deal with the garbage in the street? <laughs> You're going to see. I also, pay the city to pick it up and they don't do it. Also, uh, before we even do. get started, I wanted to, we got it. We did get a request um, from a listener about a piece of content they want us. Yeah. Total so, request live. Exactly. <laughs> it's from Babu Yakshit. And they said, I think y'all need to watch and review Love Hard on Netflix. Oh, I saw that. I saw that. And then I actually, I was actually scrolling through, mindlessly scrolling through Netflix before I just changed to a different app altogether, which is my my main. Yes. Netflix is just like a service that my family pays money for, for me to just scroll through the menu and never watch anything. Right. Uh, it's a cool game. It's a cool game that I subscribe to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's nothing anyways, to actually I, watch there, except for maybe this. Great, great British Bake Off. <laughs> which has not premiered in Canada yet. Oh, there's, <laughs> tell you what, there are probably two of the, the best bakers. Ugh. Ever on the series are going head to head. You know what I'm talking about if you're watching. Jurgen and Giuseppe are fantastic. Love those names. Jurgen, by the way, I'm just going to spoil this to you. Jurgen has the most great British Bake Off like intro package, like in the first episode where they're like, this person's a teacher and they live in whatever. Jurgen has the most great British Bake Off intro package I've ever seen. On Great British Bake Off. It has to be something to, to do with like gardens or like collecting raindrops. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, basically. It's it's fantastic. I, I actually need to go back and like write it down word for word before I can utter the words on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> anyway. I look forward to that. Well, so that was a request and I'm 100% down to do it. But I also, and this, we didn't, Brett and I did not talk about this beforehand. This is an absolutely live pitch that I'm going to make to Brett for everyone. Should we do a Hey Julie holiday movie spectacular? Sure. Okay. I think we should. Where we what go movies through, though? Well, either we watched like three of the same movies or two of the same movies and like run through the way we would with yeah. anything or we each come with our top three holiday movies and make a case for why they're the top three sure that sounds good i mean are they going to be like your uh malignant review <laughs> they might be <laughs> incomprehensible <laughs> i will say about love hard though i saw it i actually paused on the thumbnail on the tile for it and watched a bit of the trailer I'm sorry, listener, but this just looks like more Netflix rom-com drivel. Like, I, I, There's a time no, and a place. And I think the holidays is actually the perfect me, time and the place. For me, it's when fucking hell freezes over. <laughs> well, I am totally down to You would to watch probably it. love it. I, yeah. I don't know. I actually checked it, checked out the trailer for it. It, it really does not look... I don't watch... I watched... Literally nothing on Netflix other than Great British Bake Off and probably a new season of Queer Eye and I don't know, like depending on if Thirty Rock is on there, like which yeah. it, which it, it's back on. Queer Eye set in but, the hottest state, the hottest city, I should say, in America, Austin. This season, yeah, that'll be fun. Austin is the spot. I don't know if you were aware of this. Yeah, I mean, I know that like people from the coast are like who want to still live like a progressive lifestyle. There was a New York Times. They moved piece. to Austin. Yeah, about and the housing. People in Austin don't want them there. No, yeah. because the housing is absolutely insane. I tell you what, I've been to Austin. You're still in Texas, though. There's still people with like an F two fifty with giant fucking horns on the front. Yeah, it's like, and it's really, really not only hot. It's physically hot. It's like 120 degrees during the summer. That's going to be a big old nope from yours truly. It's also, and I'm not basing this on personal experience. I'm basing this on things I've read online. It's also much like Australia, a place where 
creatures just appear in your garage and you just yeah, have to learn to ones. deal with it. <laughs> like large ones and weird wildlife like that. I don't, I, I don't know if it's scorpions or crocodiles or what's in Texas, but it's things I've read that I don't want in my house. Yeah. Tarantulas, all that stuff. And and though you're in the San, though you're in like the San Francisco of the South, you're still in Texas. And, you know, I, I have no desire to live under that form of government. No, so. <laughs> definitely not. Uh, yeah. Um, so we've already done an amazing job getting off topic. <laughs> let's, oh, fuck yeah. let's dive in to this week's Survivor. This. So we pick up. Yeah. You, you go. You start. Well, this was the week where I went from like dipping my toe into being a Xander stan to just full on like. Oh, yeah. I worship this man. <laughs> I muted the work because I knew I would, wasn't able to watch Survivor until Thursday night. I muted the words Survivor, mm. hashtag Survivor, hashtag Survivor 41. I muted them on Twitter because I'm always on fucking Twitter. Right. It's a personal failing of mine. But I didn't want to see any spoilies. And yeah. I saw our queen, Caitlin from was it BB20. Yes, BB20. The one who couldn't do the puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> she had tweeted like Xander on Bachelor when or something like that or mm -hmm. make it happen. Yeah. And I was, I was, I didn't mute the word Xander. How would I know? Uh, I was like, I was heartbroken. I was like, oh my God, no, he got voted out. And now, now uh, the internet is pushing for Xander to make it onto dating shows. And little did I know. That was just a lusty tweet from our our, Very lusty. our, our lusty queen. <laughs> <laughs> lusty is a great word. Wow. Oh yeah. I haven't heard Anyways, that one. Yeah, it's um, it's weird. I I feel like we are um, I feel like we're reliving BB twenty three in a weird way. Huh. Where it's just like, man, these people are still in power, and uh, <laughs> everyone else. I mean, you have one person here, Xander, who's like pushing against it. I think he got played a little bit. Uh, with tonight's episode, we also, I mean, also RIP to King Nasir as well. Like, I just oh, think that don't the, even get me started. I I don't see how the winner is not going to be like one of Danny, Deshaun, Ricard, or Shan. Mm hmm. Yeah. Ricard had a good episode. He had a nice comeback from last week when I was sort of like laughing at his strategic mastermind yeah. <laughs> edit. Um, this week, we had an actual a nice personal uh, storyline about Ricard about how he um, is hard of hearing and he can read lips. Here's oh, yeah. the here's the thing though, strategic mastermind Ricard. Don't tell people you can read lips. Keep that a secret. Keep them the hush hush. That way they go off. They're huddled by the palm trees talking about how they're voting you out. You can read it. You'll know. Yeah, the people are going to do the survivor version. I know you're a big NFL fan, Danielle, but I'll explain it to the listeners. NFL coaches, they, they they know people are looking at their lips. So when they are talking into their headset, because they have a little radio between them and the quarterback, yeah. they hold up the laminated card. It looks like a like a dinner, like a diner menu in front of their face. So no one can ever read their lips. People will start doing that, but with like a large leaf or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, a coconut. <laughs> 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 yeah, he, I just think, come on, strategic mastermind, Ricard, don't tell people that. I know it's part of his like personal journey and story, but come on. <laughs> I mean, and it, it, you have to always read into so much with Survivor too, because like the season happens and then they, I mean, I'm sure they start editing it a little bit, but like the season only takes place and like everything we see from jumping off that barge until... Jeff takes that final box and is like, I'll see you guys in LA. That all happens in 26 <laughs> days. And that all yeah. happened months and months and months ago. They shot another, they shot Survivor 42 already. That's right. Other than the finale, Survivor 42 has been shot and edited. So I always think ahead to like, when are they going to start really laying the groundwork from a editing and production perspective of getting us like really keyed in with who our final three is going to be or mm. who our final four is going to be. Right. So I think about that a lot and it's like, okay, I, I guess we're, I mean, I don't know. They're just like really 
telling us a lot about Ricard and like we're zooming in on people's lips. Yeah, it's like Syriana up in here. This is the second time that Ricard has been the focus of like fun editing because <laughs> mm. the first time was like the zoom in when he really needed to win that um immunity challenge it was like a zoom in and a feet. slow-mo no not that one <laughs> uh it was when he was throwing something to hit like the bullseye um, oh yeah 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 even like our one of our listeners pointed it out to us um so yeah he's definitely it's seeming like an important a key figure if you will I will say, and you kind of touched on this a little bit uh, a couple minutes ago, we did get a bit of Ricard as the mastermind here <laughs> because later in the episode, they're like, all right, it's time to get Heather out. It's obviously going to be Heather. Ricard's like, what? Heather sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She can't, she can't win like a coin toss for babies. Like, she can't do any, she can't do anything. She's clearly not really trustworthy, but also clearly powerless. She's such a clear, like, she shouldn't ever, everyone want to take her to the end because that only increases your, your chances of winning if you get to final three from 33% to 50%, right? right? Like, and he was right. Keep Heather around. What she is she doing? Yeah, no, totally. She's just a flop. She knows she's a flop. I mean, oh, yeah. I don't even want to waste, like, I can't waste thinking on her especially when my former you know her um her cohort in the age range tiffany is gone looking absolutely stunning in a plaid shirt across the fire even the even the (laughs) giant beetles find her that moment okay that moment that's when i thought wow tiffany is stronger than me truly she didn't even she was not uh, the biggest bug I've ever seen in my life landed on her shoulder and she very calmly just tried to flick it away. That's it. Maybe and she's been to Austin. Yeah, maybe. That's the type <laughs> of bugs are in, that are in Austin. Let me tell you. She <laughs> she didn't even stir and she couldn't flick it on. Upon first flick, it did not go flying. She did not worry about it. I mean, she was living in the fucking woods for 16 days. <laughs> That's true. But still, it's gross as hell. Um, okay, but here, wait. But just going back to Xander for a second. Okay. Here's why I stand Xander. Obviously, the underdog effect. Obviously, the more I look at him, the more I like what I see. <laughs> Looks. But also, I like that he is he is truly a comp like beast. Un who who else can stand up to Xander? No one. He is a comp beast. He's proven it time and time again. And this is what we always ask for. This is what we always want in our players, whether it's Big Brother or Survivor. He wants to cause chaos. Yeah, no, he's himself. I was like, he's such a fun player. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because that's the that's the smartest thing you can do when you're on the bottom. Either like pretend you're invisible and like hope that no one remembers that you exist, or you have nothing to lose. You're on the bottom. Cause chaos among the people at, at the top. Yeah, I, I mean, I, he he could have done it a little bit better. I, I mean, I think the the ultimate question for the episode is like whether he should have saved Evie to to force out Liana. Right. You know, I at the same like on one side, yeah, like use that use that uh, idol. Because don't the idols just kind of recycle and go back into the game? I think so. I mean, there's always going to be another advantage. Not to, it's like he's been actually very good at finding the idols and advantages. Mm-hmm. But not only that, but you're the second tribe to go to tribal. You see Nasir, who used to have an idol yeah. five minutes ago, there as well. Like you could use that and know. Hey, man, if I use this idol, my idol and poor old Nasir's idol are going to be in a husk of a log somewhere tomorrow morning. Yeah. And he's, you know, proven himself as being one of the people who are are, uh, pretty good at finding these things. So uh, it was disappointing just because it's like, I I just want to see the Power Alliance people like get shaken up and lose, but they don't. I mean, we today we, we said goodbye to the first person from the blue tribe and it was nasir who i was screaming last week like they don't want you dude (laughs) i know what a bummer and can we just say pour one out for nasir 
gets gets uh, kicked off the island, still maintains the biggest grin on his face. This oh, guy yeah. has the best attitude I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> ever. You can throw he's, anything at him, and he's like, "Well, it's not, here's how we're going to make this into a good situation." <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a good he's a kind hearted king. He is. Um, uh, and then Evie, I mean, it was time. I mean, it was it was coming for her eventually, right? Yeah, her like, number was up. Yeah, and you know, I think I don't know. She's cool, but like. Xander couldn't protect her forever. Like at the same time, you know, I just said, oh, he should have, he should have played an idol for her. And because he might've had two waiting for him at the beach. Well, but it's his idol. And that's not a guarantee what I just said. So it's like, it's his idol. He knows that people are going to keep going, going after him as long as he doesn't have the big necklace on on his neck. So it's like, he's just got to, you know, keep playing for himself. Her time. And then hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. She had to win that immunity. Also, you know, like shout out to Erica for being also comp beast. <laughs> like, oh yeah, <laughs> that I mean, seemed very difficult. She went to the poop island and she was like, <laughs> she came back my, a brand new chapter of mm-hmm. my, my life and my game. Yeah, that looked. I was like, what advantage? What physical advantage do you need to have, like in your body, to be good at this? And I think it's to have a flat butt. <laughs> <laughs> which I don't have. <laughs> also, which I, I don't the, have either. I don't relate to it. That that challenge itself reminded me a lot of like a Big Brother style immunity challenge or, or head of household challenge where Danny did pretty well on it, but like these challenges are not for tall buff dudes. They're for mm. short. They're for short, sinewy strength. Sinewy. Sinewy. What else? Yeah. Sinewy. Um, yeah. That's not a word. I hope, I hope it's not a word. Uh, yeah, it's they're for like lean, they're for lean strength, short people. So yeah, like no surprise there. Xander and Erica win. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also this very fun quote during that uh, challenge from Liana. Mm-hmm. I hate him. Look at his face. I hate his face. I could die. <laughs> she's such a grumpus. <laughs> she is grumpus. She's she's grumpus silkskin. She's grumpy she, dumpty. Yeah, she, yeah, she kind of confused me a little bit. Like she just she's just she's doesn't like off. she's always pissed off. She's yeah. all, you know, there was a great moment with her too where after the the competitions are over, she's kind of like scheming with uh, Xander a little bit. And who she fucking actively hates. Yeah. And he, she's like, I would just would feel more comfortable if you gave me your idol. Would you mm-hmm. do that? <laughs> and Xander's like, I mean, not to you. I mean, I guess it was bold. Like It was. I mean, it's like we saw, we saw Shan and Ricard do the, oh, I should hold your idol thing or, you know, stuff like that. But it's like those people work with each other and like each other. Mm-hmm. It's like, Liana and you guys hate each other. Why She's, would you? Yeah, she literally. Good, <laughs> nice try, but. Yeah, she literally said this episode how much she hates him and he makes her want to die. Um, I have a question about Shan, though. Mm, please. Shan and Ricard, hot couple, right? Everyone knows who they are. They come, yes. they come from oh, the yes. Green Tribe. They're they're very popular, like the popular couple in school, but they're always fighting. They're always like, uh-oh, Shan Ricard had another fight again. Yeah, exactly. Shan needs her mom to pick her up mm-hmm. because Ricard <laughs> won't give her a ride home. Are Shan and Deshaun the new Shan and Ricard? Whoa. Yeah. So this, that means the common element here is Shan. Shan <laughs> Am attracts- I the drama? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Shanna tracks drama and you know it's always the people who don't seem that dramatic like she herself does not seem that dramatic but and when the, what she, she says attracts, stuff I'm like that's a reasonable yeah her, she's making a very reasonable point I don't know I think this is my maybe where you're going from like I don't understand why Ricard is it a male thing do men just see a, a woman who disagrees as a, a threat possibly uh, maybe possibly like they're attracted to her because she's so uh, usually so reasonable. Like it's not like she hasn't had her moments, but um, 
I don't know, but it's like the type of person who's very frustrating in real life. Cause like you see them and you think they're, they're so great and they've got it all together. And yet the thing that they might have it all together, but what they love the most in the world is the most dramatic piece of shit. <laughs> like <laughs> to either be their significant other or their friend. They love it. And you're like, your life would be so much easier if you cut that person out of the, your life, your life. And they will never do that. They love the drama, the drama by proxy. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't mean, yeah, it's like, all right. And then she dumps, she dumps that biker dude. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, I want you to meet my new boyfriend. He's different. He drives a sports car. And he listens to Joe Rogan. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and he's got this cool new thing called Invermectin or whatever the hell that shit's called. <laughs> Ivermectin? I don't Who cares? Know. I, don't I don't have know. a horse. I don't have a horse. I don't know. I don't have a horse in this race. I don't know. Um, but it was, <laughs> it was a good, it was a good episode. Um, it was good. I would say it wasn't the greatest just because Nasir got voted out. But um, I have one other question. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to have an answer because it has to do with the rules of the season of Survivor, which <laughs> yeah. are Byzantine. <laughs> please, please ask. Let me try to answer. All right. Vote number one. Yellow team vote. Erica, Heather, Shan, Ricard, Nasir. Why did Shan use the extra vote? To do one Nasir, one Heather in the first round, canceling it each, canceling them out. If y'all were gonna vote out Nasir, why don't you just do what you did the second time? Ricard and Shan vote out Nasir. Maybe she has to vote twice every time. No, I don't think so. I thought it was like a one-off thing where, well, listen. like, <laughs> you only get to use the extra vote once. Like, why would you use it on an obvious? First of all, you're getting at the person you wanted to get out anyways. The first time around, I'm I'm just so confused. I thought, like, wouldn't you want to save that till a little bit later in the game when you wanted to put more leverage on a certain vote? Um. So she hasn't used double vote yet. That was someone no, else. I, someone else had it. Deshaun had it. Someone had it. I'm super confused. Listen, I'm confused too. My best answer is she has, she, someone told her she had to. And if you want a different answer, ask a different girl. <laughs> <laughs> One final thing for me for Survivor. Okay. Xander took a cue from the Jeff Probst Culinary School, School of Culinary Arts. Uh huh. Hearty potatoes, <laughs> warm broth. <laughs> that the stew was not. I have a big problem with how Survivor films the food. <laughs> a big yeah. problem. It is not okay. Why are they having Jeff go through the like the motion? Not the motions. He's doing it. He's giving his all. He's not going through the motions. He's giving one hundred and ten percent every time describing this food and then the actual cameras that could visually describe how scrumptious this food is they are lacking they are not giving me the food porn i need all i remember is they're ladling the stew into a giant clam that was like <laughs> a prop from the new disney live action remake of little mermaid yeah at King Triton's table, all the bowls are clams. <laughs> and there was like a giblet in there that yeah. was huge. And it was like, and I'm a, I'm a carnivore, baby. I'm an omnivore. Mm -hmm. I, I, Thanksgiving's in a week. I'm going to get down with some dead animal. Yeah. That looked gross. There was like a, I mean, I'm sure if I had been starving, I'd be like, give it to me. But like, there was kind of just like a big chunk of like fat or like a neck or something like that i was like what the weird, fuck is this it's a weird luxury meal Gross. period because it's like like you said warm broth i'm on an <laughs> island in a very warm place i don't want hot soup <laughs> good soup um I yeah want... what happened during coronavirus like your sales department couldn't ring up chilies applebee's yeah cjf fridays Barbecue, bacon, maple, glaze, Jack Daniels burger. Yeah, what? I don't know. Someone dropped the ball. Someone's fired. 
because all instead all they had was a brandless chicken stew. <laughs> um, yeah, nothing else on Survivor for me. No, that was we did an excellent job. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Um, sh- oh, should we discuss? Oh, should we do questions first? Because we did get some. Do we some have? Survivor success- oh, I'm sorry, survivor questions. Survivor yeah. questions. Yeah. So from RB Clips, is Liana demanding Xander's idol the most delusional request in the history of the show? <laughs> like I said, I admired the the cojones. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen all 41 seasons. I definitely skipped a bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was pretty wild, though. Yeah. No, it was absolutely wild. Um, <laughs> from Rennie Stan, do we have any choice but to Stan Heather? The reign of cracked queen has been passed from, t- from Tiffany to her. And I think she might be an under-edited icon. I don't know. You tell me. Uh, I just love Rennie San and I really are on the same level. Um, I haven't seen enough. Like you said, Rennie San, she's uh, very under edited. She, the only show her being, the only thing that's lacking during Heather's moments on the show at the moment are like clown music. <laughs> like the show does not respect her yet. Maybe it will, she, maybe it won't. But for now, she's a queen in waiting. I will say all women deserve respect. But second of all, I will say she has done nothing to earn respect. <laughs> Not yet. I mean, I hope she's cracked. She was kind of cracked last episode when she tried, when suddenly she was trying to like whip the votes. That was a cracked move. I'll tell you what, it was like uh, for a minute there during that tribal council when she was crying and praying and shivering and talking in tongues. I did not see Heather from South Carolina. I saw Meryl Streep. <laughs> was, that was a good acting performance. Yeah, that I was loved good. it. Um, uh, from Richard, Richie Templeman, Xander good, Xander bad. This is a pro Xander podcast. Yeah, yeah. Xander good. At least for now, we're, for, we're I very mean, much on his I'm side. sure we find Xander's Twitter. I'm sure oh, yeah, probably no. not. <laughs> not going to be a fan IRL. <laughs> we're talking about the show here, people. Um, and then from Atomic Weight 108. Did Shan really waste the advantage to cast a vote for both and accomplish nothing? I wish we got this question before. We that is a Brett question. Yeah, that's what I thought. Atomic weight one hundred eight. Yeah. What is atomic symbol number one hundred eight? You're gonna have to look that up. You're gonna have to tell us. I'm not sure. And when I say I'm not sure, Hassium. I mean I have no fucking idea. Hassium. Well, that's the atomic number, not the atomic weight. Whatever, man. <laughs> I um, took honors chemistry, and that was enough for me. Thank you all so much. Great I questions, <laughs> and I, and they came in so quick because I I forgot to tweet until we were started recording. So thank you everyone for being on it this week. And remember, you can always send us questions and comments throughout the week at Hey Julie BB. Yeah. Um, okay. So should we move on to succession? Yes. This previously episode, on succession, mm-hmm. Danielle hated it. I did hate it. Well, I was starting to. I was starting to be very bitter because nothing was happening. It was boring. This episode was a step up. I can admit it. I'm it was very a, that was, This was a farce. I loved it. Yeah. I have a, a hot take. Ooh. We love Kendall Roy. We love our sad king. We love that he has to ride on the, <laughs> on the backseat of a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> This episode benefited very largely by having him barely in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we needed this. We needed them. I know I've actually read a lot of criticism where people are thinking it's too COVID. Like you could tell that it was shot during code because it's just all these people in a room together. And yeah. it's it's kind of, um, maybe that's why we like it, Brett. It is a little bit um, like theater. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> people running in and out of doors. Yeah. Like there was all people <laughs> running in and out of doors. Yeah, and we love that. I don't know if you're aware, but Brett played the newspaper man <laughs> in what it did. In Inherit parade? the Wind. Oh, didn't you play the <laughs> Inherit newspaper? the Wind? Oh, okay, sorry. Inherit the Wind. Yeah. Um, anyway, extra, <laughs> extra. <X-tree, X-tree. laughs> um, it was a solid episode. I enjoyed 
I liked Greg getting shit on. I liked him being punted back to the bottom of the totem pole the way he was. I needed oh, that. Oh, yeah. I think he needed that. <laughs> yeah, you're the best grampers around. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was... It was good. I mean, there's so much in it that was good. I mean, again, I think sidelining Kendall really worked for the show. Yeah. Because you check in on him and he's like, Puppet Master out. And it's like, what the fuck are you? Who are you? You suck. He's like feeding bagel to a rabbit. Oh, my God. Yeah. But but then also, I think we have some like excellent Connor. Connor was on one this week so good Connor was good I liked Tom this week was back to Tom that I want Tom to be yeah not tracking the- tracking his wife's cycles in the, in the eye cow I know that was sad that was so sad she does not want to have a baby with him <laughs> but yeah, that would be a the great guy, season finale if she was pregnant where's the guy who works for uh, Senator Evis oh yeah I, that's what too. I'm saying that's what I'm saying. She ends up pregnant. Whose baby is it? We don't know. That's too that's too obvious for succession. Cause even yeah, with all the, right. the UTI thing, they were kind of setting that up with little breadcrumbs throughout the episode. Like in, even in the cold open, Logan is getting in the car, he's like, Oh, I gotta take a piss. Mm-hmm. But then he does. And he's like, oh, I'll wait till we get there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, is this going to lead up to Logan pissing his pants in front right. of all the shareholders? And they did. They kind of mentioned his, his, his that he had to pee a few times. They mentioned his medication a few times. I'm like, oh, this is leading to him like losing his bladder in a very shocking and, and embarrassing moment. Right. And no, it was a lot more subtle and complex than that he like loses his mind because he has this infection and he's calling shiv marsha and he's calling tom son he doesn't know what's going on he's like everyone's asking everyone's still looking to him for advice and making the decision and being confident and he does like he still manages to say like yes or no but then once they realize that he's completely gone He's piss mad. <laughs> they <laughs> they have to recalculate. I think uh, I think Roman had a uh, Kieran Culkin had a really great performance. That scene of him talking to the president on the phone, and you don't mm. even hear the president, but just the physical acting of him being so uncomfortable and not knowing what to say to the president. Yeah. And he's like, um, how are you, man? <laughs> <laughs> While he's like convulsing and shaking because he's so pissed. <laughs> you can tell he's so pissed off at himself for even saying it. That's 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 acting right there. That's like he was good. From the yeah. Meryl Streep school. Yeah. The Helen, he was great. The Heather School of 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 acting. All the tertiary characters were also good. Um, For great Frank episode, great Carl episode. Yeah, Jerry. I liked seeing them all have to go in front of the shareholders and talk. I didn't, can I tell you, I'm not entirely sure. The main um, plot point of this episode is they're trying to make a deal with um, the vegetable man and his daughter. Sandy. <laughs> Sandy, also Sandy and Sandy. Sandy and Stewie to to avoid a vote by the shareholders. Yes. But I don't under I I don't understand what the deal actually was and why that would stop a vote from the shareholders. So Sandy and Stewie are shale, shareholders. They own a the majority. They own a portion of they don't right. own the majority. They own a portion of it of the company. They bought like a large court. That was in season one. Right. Is that Sue Stewie was a new investor in the company and it was revealed, oh, actually, all I have been teaming with Sandy, your arch nemesis, the entire time. Mm-hmm. And now we own this large collection of shares of your company. And they were, you know, with like Adrian Brody, who we learned sided with them last episode, they were kind of leading a coalition of shareholders to essentially vote out the Roy's from owning the company and transferring, I guess, ownership or who, I don't know, control of the company to Sandy and Stewie. Right. Okay. But so why would Sandy and Stewie want to make a deal with them at all? Cause this is like know. the I mean, perfect think... opportunity to not, to force the vote, to 
I, like, it just didn't, I didn't understand that. Because they could lose. I mean, I think both sides were like, it was, it's like a pretty clear, it, they didn't know who would win. And okay. there was that one scene with Kendall earlier in the episode where, where Stewie goes to meet with him and he's like, we have the, all the, you know, all the leverage here. Yeah. And Ken and Kendall's even like, but do you? I don't know. My dad always seems to win these sorts of things. He always kind of comes down and he gives a big speech and he always whips everybody into shape and gets his way. So I, I don't know. You guys might think you have 51% of the vote, but I don't know what my dad is going to do. And you might lose. So, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think ultimately, yeah, I think you're right a little bit that, like, yeah, why would they ever budge? If they only can only lose by settling, but like I don't know, they got their their board seats, their board seat, and yeah, and get rid of those PJs. The PJs. <laughs> the one thing that was dropped off, you know, at the beginning, one of the first negotiations in the episode, they're like, "Oh, well, older Sandy needs veto power over any of the Roy children becoming CEO," right. and they never, and that that's it leads to a really interesting moment where. Frank and Carl and Jerry are like, sure. And Roman and Shiv are like, oh, fuck, no. <laughs> uh, but that, I don't know if like that was negotiated away or not. Like it, it didn't come back at all. I'd imagine it's not in the agreement or whatever. Not that like, <laughs> not that they're going to send out like the legal agreement. So us listeners can go through it, but they never came back to it. I don't know if that went away or that stayed in it because everybody seemed kind of happy right. at the end. Um, so that thing was confusing. And I usually watch these episodes twice. I watch them on Sunday night and then I kind of watch a piecemeal through the week just because just to see. I enjoy spending time with my, my friends, but <laughs> your evil friends. Yeah. It did it, it on it. I kind of want to go back and rewatch some of season one, actually, because it reminded me of the very first episode where I thought, because in the first episode, he either has a heart attack, or he has some sort of medical thing. Yeah. And yeah. all the kids get together. And that's sort of the jumping off point, because like it becomes very serious, like, oh, he's not going to be able to run this thing forever. So who's going to succeed him? Um, and so I kind of thought to make it just a UTI was a little bit of like we should see him he had a, he's old <laughs> yeah he is deteriorating we should see more of that he can't just be like the strong strongest smartest person in the room forevermore yeah and that's a that's a really good kind of not complaint but like critique criticism of the show it's like all right how many times are we gonna do the thing where it's like oh he's sick yeah and now he's better he's fine and oh he's sick like yeah, how many times can you do fine. the same thing with him um you know it's like how many times how many times can the cylons just jump into nuke range with the Battlestar galactica and the Battlestar galactica just jumps away in the nick of time like how many times <laughs> are you gonna do that gotta come up with some other shit to do yeah so uh and and believe it or not succession's a bit more of a grounded show <laughs> than Battlestar. so like uh yeah i know I, I that's a good point it would be it would be interesting if there were a even a temporary see i mean there's a little bit of that with jerry being the ceo right now like a bit of a temporary kind of shake up of the status of the order i don't know if we're going to get that in season 4 when tom and greg are like on the chain gang right at the kosher oh, vending machines i have a question in okay upstate speaking New York. of tom so there is this part of the show where yeah, uh, he Tom keeps bringing Logan to the bathroom and it's just him and uh, Logan. And we we see a little bit of them in the bathroom, but there's a part we don't see where supposedly Logan gets a phone call. But we don't see that phone call. We just hear Tom's version of it. Oh, remember? And I'm like, I do. Yeah, I mean, I just watched it. <laughs> yeah. <hour> ago. <laughs> so, again, I bring up is Tom Tom. He made it seem like it was nothing. But was it maybe something? Tom knows more than we think he does. And he's setting himself up to not go to prison to actually be successful. I'm going back to this theory, you know? I think yeah, I think there's some... I didn't think of that. I didn't think anything into the phone call. 
with Tom, but what I thought, I, I do have that thought with Tom. It's like, I think Tom might be like one of the first people to flip. Obviously, he's super freaked out about going to prison. And then earlier in the season, there was the scene where Tom sort of gives himself up to to Logan. They're in the, the news office and he's yeah. like, Logan, by the way, like, I'll fall on the sword. Like, if you need someone to go to jail, it'll be me. And he finally gets that off his chest to Logan. And then a minute later, he walks into a private room and calls an independent lawyer and makes an appointment. Like, hey, can I, like, be represented by you guys? And we had assumed that Tom was with the the sort of joint Waystar defense fund the entire time. So I, I do have a feeling like Tom might be one of the first people to flip back to the Kendall side. Like Kendall's at his lowest moment right now. He can't even, he now, the episode ends, he can't even get in, physically get in touch with his father. So I just blocked the number. Right. But that's a good, that's a good call out. I just think it was brought up twice. And for a show like this to bring up something like that twice It feels like it's definitely going to be a flashback in a future episode, you know, for nothing to come from it is that's a lot of wasted airtime where you could have had like Roman delivering some more zingers or um, Shiv being mean. So I just think there's something there. There's something going on. Two more tiny things. Uh, Connor saying boom shakalaka when he finds out the president <laughs> is, uh, is not running for yeah. second term. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Very Lots good. of good Connor stuff. And then when they finally make the agreement and, and Carl, who is like so vain and like, he just wants to like get one him and Frank. I love this kind of, it's like the, the 14th most interesting thing about the show. It's like just really kind of subtle and it's like really subtextual, but like he's just always competing against Frank and they're just yeah. these two like suit old guy suits hanging <laughs> out there and they make Frank talk and talk and talk and talk at this meeting. And Carl is like, Oh, Oh, the, the, uh, the agreement's been signed. I want to go out and be the person to announce it to everybody. They're showing this corporate video of like why Waystar <laughs> cares about women. Yeah. And it's Jerry being like, we, we're, we're making the changes. And then it's Carolina being like, we fixed all of the structural like sexism within the country. And then yeah. it's Shiv. And then they just stop it in the middle as Shiv <laughs> is saying like, Waystar cares about women. And then it's Carl just like <laughs> jaunting out being like, I won, we won. It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's so real. So real. Um, they're great. Like I said, like, yeah, having all those smaller characters have their moments is always fun. Um, yeah a little more i wonder if they're gonna do a connor episode i feel like we always get one that's like <laughs> hanging out with connor a little bit more than usual and we got i feel like we got more connor than usual this time but like it's always like gotta go to connor's ranch or like yeah oh, i don't know gotta spend some time at connor's like broadway producer office yeah exactly so we're due for that it's let's coming. go to europe let's see him running a a, a european news station or it's going to be like on the camp, like him in Idaho or what? what is it? <laughs> Iowa, New Hampshire. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's got the tour bus. With like, yes. <laughs> He's got like his lackeys no who really Express. believe in him. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything else on Succession? Loved it. Yeah. Good episode. I'm back on the bus. Toot toot. Um, okay. Now we're going to go down... A dark path. <laughs> Listeners, I have zero clue about uh, about what's, what's going to happen. I wanted to, I want to bring up two pieces of content I watched this week that I enjoyed. So <laughs> I'm giving them as a recommendation, a positive recommendation. The first one is a little film that I actually did watch on Netflix called Uncle Buck. Ever heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with John Candy. <laughs> Sure. I've never seen it before. Have you? I've never seen it either. I'm very aware of it. He's John Candy and he's a wacky young, he's wacky young. That's the thing. I think. Macaulay like, Culkin's in it, I believe too, he right? Is. Yeah. I was thinking of. Um, it's like of the first Macaulay Culkin role. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's young. He's younger than in Home Alone. And yeah. He's yeah. Cute definitely. as can be. Gabby, uh, Gabby Hoffman also. Oh in it. yeah. She, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So cute. Um, I know a lot about this movie, having never seen it. <laughs> That's the thing. Uh, same. And I was like, you know what? 
It's too soon to watch planes, trains, and automobiles. I'll save that for next week. But yeah. I want a little candy in my life. And I've never actually seen Uncle Buck. And it's John Hughes. It's in Chicago. Like, that... It, I want to watch something where it's cold outside, you know, and and I'm going to feel good after. So we put it on. And let me tell you, this movie holds up. <laughs> it's so good. And I was thinking, there's really no John Candy for us anymore. I, and by that, I mean, no one really took the reign from John Candy because it's like this type of role now would be played by The Rock or Vin Diesel. It's like goofy buff man takes charge of children, you know? I mean, if his, I think Jack Black, maybe, if his career is, I he mean, he crossed my he's mind, a little but bit. he's too manic. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't do as like wholesome stuff like John Candy did. I mean, yeah. I didn't see like the clock with the ho- the wall with the, the house with the clock in its walls. No, like he does like all these like goosebumpsy movies for kids. I saw goosebumps. <laughs> I did see goosebumps. Um, I did not. He was good. Too in it. scary. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's just something about John Candy, and you know, he's once in a lifetime. All of us are one in a lifetime human beings. But like, there's just something about John Candy. He's so grounded, and yet he is actually very funny. And I also really appreciated, and it got me thinking. I don't think. Surely it happened, but I don't remember it in any of his big movies, like them really making fun of his weight at all. It's not it's like part of who he is. Obviously, it's like that's who John Candy is. But there's no making fun of it or really reference to it at all. And I really liked that. This was the size men were. Yeah. In 1988. (laughs) Yeah. And that was beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. I just... I think he's a wonderful, he was a wonderful, wonderful actor. And um, it's a good movie. It's sort of, I was trying to think, I think this movie set the blueprint for, you know, the pacifier, kindergarten cop or whatever else came after of like man who is not used to children coming in and changing their lives for the better. Oh, yeah. And maybe everybody learned something. They do learn something. They do. They all learn something. Um, It's got like some edge because it's John Hughes. So there's like a teen girl who's really mean. (laughs) (laughs) And then two cute kids. It's just great. I I highly recommend it. We support Uncle Buck on Netflix (laughs) on this podcast. All right. So that's my first recommendation. My second is a documentary (laughs) that is only available to watch on a streaming service called Tubi. (laughs) I got Tubi. Okay, great. Tubi's free. Tubi is free. It just, you have to watch ads in the middle of your movie, but that's not a big deal. Yeah. So listen, I'm in a, I'm in a, um, documentary mood. Okay. I was going to watch Wiener again, but instead, I, I didn't want to rent it. So I, I was like, I want to watch something free. So I watched this movie called No Impact Man. Ever heard of it? No. It's from like, I'm going to say mid-aughts, New York 2009. City. 2009. Okay, 2009. New York City, baby. And it's about this guy. He's got a young child and a wife. He lives in New York on a Fifth Avenue co-op. And he decides that for a year, they're going to have no environmental impact. So it's like a stunt journalism, you know, a la supersize me. But instead, it's like, how little of a footprint can we leave on the earth? And it starts with simple stuff like we're going to use reusable bags and shop at the green market instead of any other store. But then by like the six months, they turn off their electricity and they're like, they, they don't they can't use toilet paper and like all this crazy stuff. It's amazing. It's so good. And they still live in on Fifth Avenue. They still live on Fifth Avenue. He insert he installs a solar pa- panel because he's he's a blogger. So he still has to use his computer. So he installs a solar panel on his roof. They don't use electricity. Like the second half of the movie is all in darkness because they are just using candles in their apartment. And how does his wife feel about this? She, this is why it's so good. Okay. Because he's, you know, he's drinking the Kool-Aid. He's like, this is what we got to do. She's like, I like reality TV and Starbucks. <laughs> like <laughs> she is the audience. Right. But she has such a great attitude. Like it's kind of sad. I think they like years after this, um, 
documentary, I believe they divorced. But in the movie, they're just like on board together, even though she's like, I miss my triple quad espresso from Starbucks. She's like, it's important to him. So we're going to try it. It's just a year. And it's great. It's very fun. Why does she have to do these things? If he wants to do them, fine. Their baby, they have a child and they have to, the baby can't. A baby needs Starbucks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. As you know, you're reading the books. (laughs) The baby can't watch Coco Melon because they cut off the TV. And all they do, they throw a couple dinner parties while they're doing this experiment. And the friends come over and the friends are like drinking their Starbucks and like, like laughing at them. But then... So they have the dinner party. Then they're like, what do we do? Both times, and this is like several months apart, they play charades. One time when they saw the electricity on, the second time in total darkness because they don't have electricity. They don't have candles? I know candles. those friends were like, ugh, I just don't want to go and play fucking charades again. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> Even with the lights on. No, this couple's boring. They don't have candles or are candles No, they have candles. They have okay. candles. But it's like, how much light are you getting from? Have you tried using a candle for light recently? No. Yeah, it doesn't work as well as a light bulb. <laughs> so, no. so it's like funny. The the wife like comes home. They have their heat off, so she has to like come home and immediately get into bed and light a candle for warmth. <laughs> it's like incredible. They they have a fire or something like that. No, they don't have a fire. They just they just don't have heat in They're New York cold. in the winter. Yeah, and then they don't have a, they don't use a fridge, Brett. They get like this hot and this experiment fails so they kind of have to go back to using a cooler but they can't use they still don't use the fridge they they get this pot that's supposed to like keep things cool but you know the milk curdles immediately and so they have to go borrow ice from their neighbor you know the neighbor's like why don't you just turn your fucking fridge back on stop stealing my ice (laughs) It's, it's like well that person's fridge is making the ice yeah Exactly. So, like, it's a cheat. They sometimes cheat, and that's fun, too. But it's like, it becomes, you know, he he goes on, like, the Colbert Report and the Today Show. He's featured in the New York Times because it's, like, it's such a fun stunt journalism thing. And I think it happens at a time when it seemed so fringe, like, to want to yeah. um, do stuff like this. I think it's become a lot more mainstream now, not the ex- super extreme stuff, but a lot of this stuff like composting isn't that big a deal. A lot of people do it. Living off the grid is not crazy. I mean, it's crazy on Fifth Avenue. Like, yeah. where are you even going to get the fucking, where's the sun going to even hit your solar solar panels? If you right. want to do it in upstate or Montana or whatever, they got plenty of land. They got plenty of sunlight. Totally. Like, if you want to do that, Sounds good. You can connect the whole thing, connect up to a stream, have the the water in the stream turn the thing that makes electricity and store it in a big old battery or something like that. Mm-hmm. Sounds yeah. awesome. Totally. Don't uh, do it in New York. Mm, very hard. But so <laughs> that's what he tries to do. They do it for a year. There's also this amazing moment where he goes and interviews like this really hardcore. Um, he's not like. He's not a uh, off the grid guy, but he's a hardcore like anti-capitalism guy. And um, he basically breaks it down to him. He's like, all right, so you do this for a year. So what? Like, what are you actually changing? And he's like, oh, well, I hope to inspire other people to see that like they could lessen their footprint. And the guy's like, here's how capitalism works. If you want to have actually have a theory of change, you need to uh, uh, like form a coalition to attack the system, so blah, blah, blah. Like, you doing this little project is only serving your ego. It's like an amazing interview. That guy's right. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I'm like shocked they kept in the movie. Um, it's like this splash of cold water in this, like, this fun movie of like, oh, right, our individual choices might not be what is going to make the difference here. <laughs> but um, it's, very, it's very fun. And it's free on Tubi. So that's my recommendation. Are you telling me that when I went to In-N-Out last week and they didn't give me a straw, that that did nothing? You know, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. Let's keep this a positive podcast. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of positive, I watched a thing this week. Oh, th- now this is news to me. I forgot I watched it. <laughs> it tells you how memorable it was. <laughs> it was a Marvel picture. No. Entitled Shang-Chi and oh. the Legend of the Ten Rings. Okay, or that's something fine. like that. I thought it was going to be Eternals. 
I'm not seeing Eternals <laughs> until it's on Disney Plus. <laughs> and how- I don't see I don't see these movies until they're on Disney Plus. Although I was invited by people to see the new Spider-Man film in theaters. Ooh. We'll see about see that. Okay. They're buying me a ticket. We'll see. Maybe I'll Venmo me Venmo someone these 16 bucks for me to stay home. Oh, I think sounds it sounds like fun. I think you should do. Anyways, I saw this movie. It was fine. Yeah. How's <laughs> you know the star is Canadian. He's the pride of Canada. Uh he I you couldn't tell. You okay. couldn't tell. I was like, this guy is fucking He doesn't say sorry. This guy's from No. <laughs> this guy's from Orange. He guys from the OC. Sorry Has about your be. ten rings. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. No, it was it was it was nice. I mean, listen. You see one movie about a, a young man who who is destined by birth to become a hero. Mm-hmm. You've seen them all. Yeah. And this movie is one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, you need. He's got a magical father and magical mother that make him a magical, magical. guy who punches stuff. Sure. Cool. <sighs> yeah. It's not it's not super com- compelling to me. But you know what is just like on the anticipation train. What's up? House of Gucci, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's I open gotta, I, open now. It's out. Oh, it did. It did. Oh, yeah. I think um, so. I got to see Are you it. seeing? Yeah, I'll see that. I don't know if it's open in America. You want no, it is open is in America. open in America. It's not open here, probably. Oh. oh, okay. No, the big opening here is Ghostbusters colon a- Afterlife with a character named after this podcast because the character's name is podcast. Jeff? Oh. <laughs> There's a character named Podcast? There's a character in this film named Podcast. Is it a ghost? It is a human child. Huh. Um, I, I, I don't know about Ghostbusters. No, I'm not seeing that garbage. I saw a tweet. I'm not... I, I wish I could take credit for this. It was a review tweet, and it was like, this ghost busting did not make me feel good. <laughs> And I wish I made that up, but I didn't. Uh, it no, there's nothing. That's not the real movie of the week. Is House of Gucci? Case. Okay, hold closed. on. We have we have late breaking news. What? RB Clips is tagging us and Atomic Weight 108 in response to the in response to the question about Shan playing her double vote. This is from Mike Bloom, who is a writer for uh, Parade Magazine. He covers a lot of Survivor and um, Big Brother stuff. He's a good follow. I follow him. Uh, and my regular account. My, Anyways, so he explains the Shan double vote. So the Shan Richard plan, Ricard, card plan, sorry, may be one of my favorite low-key moves of the Survivor season. If Nasir plays his idol is Heidel and Erica and Heather realize they have the power. Richard and Shan's votes get nullified and one of them can go to one. One of that, one of the most unique ways to use the extra vote. Wow. There was oh, no so, way. So the double was, was insurance against Nasir using his idol. Got it. There was no way I would have come to this. I, I genuinely am like, <laughs> survivor makes me feel both dumb and unfit. <laughs> <laughs> when I watch Big Brother, I feel good. <laughs> when I watch Survivor, Unfit, I'm like, unlast, unfat. <laughs> That's me. That's me. Um, thank you all for listening and for sending in these hot tips and tweets and questions. We love it. Always do it at HeyJulieBB on Twitter. You can email us, HeyJulieBigBrother at gmail.com. You can. You technically can. You technically can. Um, what are we going to talk about next week after such luminary Thanksgiving? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's Thanksgiving extravaganza. I'm going to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I know you guys. Isn't yours like November 1st or October Ours 1st? Ours was in October, like but I did take I did take days off for American Thanksgiving because, you know, in my heart, I feel I'm still American. I mean, you also have an American. Yes. Husband. Exactly. So we does he have to ask for time off from work? They no. won't recognize his they won't recognize his like cultural heritage. <laughs> no, he he's got time off too. It's gonna be an American 
and American Thanksgiving in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Fakesgiving. Anyways, yeah, so we'll talk about... Um, I'm going to watch TV all day on Thursday, watch some football, watch the dog show. Well, there's, there'll be a dog show on Thursday morning. We can the check in on that. Yeah. It's so. not the puppy bowl. That's not till later, but yes. That's, that's February. <laughs> that's counter-programming against BB Celeb and the uh, Super Bowl. That's going to be tough to make that decision. Um, yeah. So we'll have lots of new content to discuss and you never know. I mean, that's why you listen to this podcast. You never know what we watched that week. It's going to, it could be very <laughs> random and we're going to still talk about it. Shout out to John Hughes. <laughs> Shout out to No Impact Man uh, and Malignant. Thanks. Bye, Jeff. Bye, Jeff. <laughs>